Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Buberman from Agency Outsight, where I work with agency owners to help them turn their agency into the agency they always dreamt about. I'm here with my friend, Carl Heine from Creative Placement. Carl, how are you? I'm terrific. Thanks, Steve. I really awesome. appreciate you inviting me to your new venture. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Carl and I got to know each other recently, I guess, within the past few months. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think what you do is super relevant, super needed. You know, I think the agency space has shifted a lot in staffing and employment. And so there's an immense value in, in what you're sure. doing and how you're helping. So give yep. us like the quick, I don't know, 30, 45 second download, you know, what you do and how you got here. I started out working in, uh, in the design industry as an airbrush illustrator, designer, found I was better at finding talent, moving people around, selling art supplies was also part of the mix because it got me to all the agencies. And then I met someone in the late 80s doing placement and she had mentioned, hey, you should come talk with me. And I wasn't interested because I like getting my own work. Uh, truth be told, that meeting turned into hey, I can work with you. I don't want to work for you. Mm -hmm. And we started a loose partnership for about a year. And I said, if I make $350,000 my first year or in sales, I want partnership and we should incorporate. And from that point, did 10 years with her. And what's interesting is that because of all the connections throughout Connecticut, Westchester, uh, New York City, you get to know who you know best. But then if you know what you do best, meaning design, you can also find the talent because you know what that person does, which a lot of people in recruitment, there are a lot of really good people in recruitment, but not everybody in recruitment has a base of understanding or worked in the industry. So, so Carl's got 30 plus years doing this agency placement, creative placement. Your title that uh, you call yourself is solutionist. Yes. Where does that come from? How does that fit in and what you do? Uh, it, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I always looked at what I was going to put on my card and someone said, you should put president. I said, yeah, when you have a consultancy or maybe right. under six employees, it gets to be a little bit, uh, too much pie in the sky. So I used principal. And then one day someone said, so what school are you at? I said, <laughs> what school am I at? I'm no, I'm not a principal that way. I'm a principal of a firm. They said, well, you should be a president. And then I explained what I did. And then I went back and thought, you know what? I'm just going to make up a title. And since I solve problems, I figured solutionist sounded like something worthwhile. And it has stuck for the last uh, about 12 years. Awesome. Yeah. I, listen, approaching things from solution focused, you know, energy or, you know, looking for the solution. That's a great way to, you know, come right. And, and, and usually when someone does call you, they're calling, say, hey, can I run this by you? Or I need to solve this problem. Not every yeah. conversation I have with a client is, is placement specific. Sometimes they're looking to figure out, hey, if I'm going to budget for this, what is this going to cost me? Or, hey, I'm looking for this, and maybe this isn't something I offer, or I'll you know, pass them on to someone who, who has that expertise. 
Yeah, and that might, I mean, to me, I think that's a, that's a solid differentiator from somebody that knows agencies, knows what owners are looking for versus a staffing company that's like, yeah, we can take your job description and give you three candidates. Right, and then there's a lot of parts to this that are not transparent. And as you can imagine, you get called in on something and they think that you're operating just like another staffing firm. And mm -hmm. it gets to be a tough conversation when people don't get the truth from a staffing firm that they thought was giving them the truth, you know? Yeah. So, so do you work with any size agency or like what's your, do you have a niche that you live in? Uh, I, I, I tend to gravitate a lot towards the consumer packaged goods and agencies. And usually within this category, you'll, you'll look at these companies and most of the time they're between six and 15 on the smaller side. Um, if I can make an impact, but then I've also been brought into larger companies and, you know, you know, larger companies still have smaller departments or, right. Hey, we want to build an in-house agency at our brand. We want agency people. So it still kind of falls into that category. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's super interesting, right? On the small team, six, 10, 15 people, you add a single player into that team and it mixes up the entire dynamic. The culture get, can, can be impacted. The, the quality and style of the work, depending on the level of this person's skill, but then a hundred person team, it, the, you know, and, or above, I mean, that person is essentially just a number plugged into what could be just a system of people. Sure. So yeah, that impact is, is very, very different, different. It would, it would appear. So I'm, I'm curious, like, so who knows when somebody's going to watch this, right. But it's May, 2022. Yep. There's been a huge shift in employment, the great resignation, as they called it over COVID. I've seen um, an immense amount of agencies just scrambling for full-time work that they can't find, full-time employees that they can't find, an immense amount of full-time players going out and hanging up their own shig shingle as consultants, freelancers, not, not really agencies, but, you know, freelancers, I guess. How is that impacting you, the job market? Do you see this as a bubble that's going to burst? I was, you know, like, what are your thoughts on this whole dynamic? Well, you know, there's been several interesting bubbles from 9-11, 2008, mm -hmm. uh, and now they're all different and they had different kind of rules of engagement and then outcomes. Mm -hmm. So we knew 9-11 was going to be tough because it changed the whole landscape based on what happened. People mm -hmm. weren't hiring for sometimes a year, two years. That's kind of tough. That really impacted my business. Fast forward to 2008, uh, made a couple changes. It didn't impact my business. And now there are a, a lot of, there, there's a lot, there are a lot more layers here. So when someone says, I want a full-time person, is it on-site, off-site, remote, hybrid? Yeah. And then it comes down to, they have more to choose from, but then they can't find the right people, because it doesn't matter about the, the quantity, it comes down to the quality. The smarter companies understand that, and I heard this from one um, owner, and the good thing is dealing with an owner or the decision maker, they'll say, I'm not really concerned so much about all the skills, I want you to find the right personality. And the right mm -hmm. personality will make all the difference yep. where the training part can be uh, woven in versus, yeah. hey, so find someone with everything. The, the, the good thing is I'm seeing a lot of uh, agencies and small firms and even brands 
they're willing to pay more for the right person. But so two interesting points. One is, I think that this huge influx of freelancers, at some point, a lot of them are going to get exhausted by it, right? It's exhausting being a freelancer. You have to chase work. You have to do your own invoicing. They're not going to remember to save money for taxes. And so a year or two of cycling of that, they're going to jump back to the job market, I think. Right. I think, I think that's going to be a scream for, for, for need. You know, a, a lot of openings are going to be filled. There's not going to be a huge need like there is now. No, no. The good thing is that we also help facilitate that too, because since we are right. uh, registered with the state of Connecticut, we can pay people every other week, uh, take taxes out. It's getting to be very difficult for that, okay. what I call a uh, regular freelancer to just go on their own unless they set up shop as a incorporated or an LLC entity, you know? Oh, so, so tell me more about that. That's interesting. I didn't realize that you guys acted as that kind of true staffing agency. Well, it, it came out of um, several companies saying, hey, you need to do this because we, even though we've been doing this all along through a payroll service, uh, it comes down to, it used to be okay. You could pay a freelancer uh, 1099. And then we found out that certain rules within, say, New York State, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, California, they said, uh, no, the person has to be an LLC for you to pay them as a 1099. Then some of the new rules said the person could only work so many hours. Or you, and, and they keep on changing this because the larger, say, staffing firms at the big corporations are machines. They just want... They have to go through so many hoops to get in there, but they they do all the staffing for a major corporation. So right. being smaller and agile is good. And in some cases, it's not that great. But for freelancers to be your own freelancer, you really have to be your own studio. And a lot of freelancers don't want to do that. They just want to right. walk in. And sometimes yeah. the larger, some of the brands now are saying, no, you can't just freelance through us, you have to go through this other layer and they have to have like a third party entity. It's yeah, it's gotten more complicated when it used to be if your agency called me and said, hey, I need a freelancer for a few weeks. It mm -hmm. wasn't a hard deal. It was just, I'll find the freelancer, we'll set the rate and then the person can start, fill out the paperwork and they're good to go. Yeah, Far different, it takes sometimes three and four weeks to onboard someone through these larger systems. And wow. by the, that time, your, your client said, no, we need this in two weeks. Uh, what? You can't onboard the extra freelance help? So you're right. I think right. that the, the difficulty is going to be, how do you get freelance and, and agile help for the agency model to work without it kind of breaking the timeline for a client request? You know? Yeah, the need is today, not in three weeks. The need is next right. week, not in three weeks. Yeah, right. Yeah, or you find yeah. a, or you find a studio that is a smaller studio, like a one or two person shop, but you might have to pay, you know, sixty to hundred percent more for that hourly, mm. and that doesn't that doesn't yeah. go with what was originally budgeted. You know. Sure. Yeah. Now you're breaking the bank and breaking the budget. Um, so the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is for me really interesting concept is hiring for the person find right. me a person that can can present work that can defend work that can you know lead a creative team that knows this knows that kind of the softer skills of things they don't need to know the adobe suite inside now but it's nice to have that kind of thing um and so i'm curious how you're seeing the whole diversity 
inclusion piece playing because I've seen not officially, but I've seen large agencies saying we're looking for female minorities and we'll pay a premium for them to join right. our team and, and things right. like that. And so how does the right person also fit in with that stuff these days? No, that's a great question because under all the, again, new rules, yeah. uh, you have to look at everybody, but then ultimately what happens if you find a person that doesn't fit into that, 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 that ask, right? right. They, the agencies can ask, hey, we need to do this. We want to put these types of people on particular accounts. So we are a holistic agency. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the good people, as in agency owners and senior managers that hire for the personality, want to make sure that everyone is looked at, right? So they you have to kind of check all the boxes. And then it used to be back um, many years ago that people would say, no, this book has to include, you know, 70% yeah. advertising or 70% packaging design. And it's no longer that way. But then there's another, another thing that throws a, a curve. There's some people that don't have sponsorship. They come from other right. countries. Um, they can fall into the diversity category, but then the agency said, oh no, we can't possibly work an H-1B visa and I say, look, don't worry about that now. That can be a shared expense or you have to sponsor this person. Mm -hmm. So through many, many years of this, as long as people are being honest, there are shared costs. So right. I've, been, I've been asked to find a lot of different people in a lot of different areas. And there have been times that I've had to present a, a candidate that I thought was amazing. And you know, I have to be careful in how I present that, that person. One fellow I found that was... Uh, amazing in production. And I had to say that he had hearing, uh, uh, not a disability, but he needed to have direct contact face-to-face -face so he could read the person's lips. This is way before video conferencing. Okay. And they said, is this going to be a problem? And I said, it's not going to be a problem. He's an, he's an amazing person and he's a production artist. He doesn't need yeah. to necessarily have the same conversations he just communicates differently. So that's where the right type of company or agency understands versus, you know, instead of making it say a difficulty, they look at it as, as long as the person can do the job. And, and again, the, uh, the relationship is most important to me because yeah. it's, it has to be the right personality to fit within the personalities. Right. Yeah. And so, so, Agencies come to you, in-house corporate um, agency departments, marketing teams, et cetera, come to you. What about individual freelancers, creatives? They're looking to, oh, I want to switch jobs. I need to find a new agency. I mean, do you work with them as well? Yes. And then, then it comes down to sometimes I don't have um, an agreement with a particular company. If they say, hey, I want to target um, this type of agency. And, and, and sometimes I can do some outreach, but as you know, with agreements, I found that some in-house corporate departments are not allowed to use outside agencies like yeah. myself. So yeah. I have had very good success. I've started to do a couple, uh, uh, let's say, senior level coaching where, and I know you and I talked about this a little bit because mm -hmm. you, you fall into some of that with agencies, but when it comes to an individual, some people say, uh, I don't know if I have that kind of money to invest. Yeah. 
And then it comes down to, no, you really need to either do this on your own or invest in how you're going to do this. Then it opens up the channels of where I can help them move from point A to point B. Yeah. A lot of other people I help completely gratis, including recent students, because it's part of the development process. And then there are people that I'll just, what I call, give uh, advanced tune-ups to, because they need to, <laughs> they, need to under, they, need, they need to understand that, as you know, if you pitch a client, you don't show the same pitch deck to every single client. You have to kind of do a, a, a refresh on portfolio, resume, you know, point, yeah. what I call point, point, point of entry, right? Yeah. So my experience, every, every agency I'm working with right now is hiring for some role or another, whether they're looking for new freelance writers, new freelance PMs, in-house this, in-house that. Right. How does an agency stand out these days? What are your, what's your advice to an agency that is hiring against every other agency that's hiring? You know, is it the job description? Is it the benefits package? Is it money? Is it having, is it, you know, only working with, you know, be certified clients? Like what's the real like grab to get talent these days? Yeah, that's great. Um, I think it comes down to the individual people, head owner, group of owners running the agency. That's one. Mm -hmm. What they kind of set the tone for the culture as far as balance and what they're yeah. willing to keep open. And then, you know, there are some other perks, whether they keep, uh, you know, what I call a sliding scale. They don't have specific hours as long as you get your work done. Mm -hmm. Or they say, hey, we have unlimited, uh, <laughs> this is funny, unlimited vacation days, which I think is yeah. a scary thing because I don't think anybody in their right mind can actually take, you know, a yeah. full seven weeks off. <laughs> um, and then it comes down to what, what, what's the client base? Who are yeah. the clients? And, and stability of who the people are, what they do. There's, I think, each set of circumstances has the right set of circumstances for the people that I would re reach out to. And, yeah. that, and that gets to be a kind of a twist. Some people say, oh, I never want to work for um, an agency that has these types of clients. And then I want to dig down a little deeper and find out what, is that, what does that actually mean, right? It's yeah. different if you say all our clients are working in petroleum and uh, I want to do for good and I want to keep everything you know, in the for good category. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because when I had my agency, I would get you know the team together and say, all right, so who do we want to work for? What kind of clients do you want to go after? Oh, let's go after, you know, the Nikes of the world. And we were, you know, a scrappy, you know, little nimble agency, but it was like, all right, let's be more realistic about that. You know, we, you know, and, and to your point, you want to attract the talent that's done that kind of work. So, you know, if you're in a couple of different industries and you're playing in this vertical and this vertical, you know, you've got to do more of that to attract that, that talent. Um, I think the unlimited vacation is, I think it's a brilliant thing. Um, I know a company that when they implemented it, people ended up taking less time off than they previously were when they had a hard and defined two, three weeks, whatever, because it's right. more of a mindset thing than actually here, take the whole summer off because you can't do that. Um, right. I'm, I'm sure there are some bumpers in place as far as you can only take up to a certain amount of consecutive time and you know that, that sort of a thing, but um, yeah, I think, I think the flexibility built into an agency is important um, for new talent. Um, and, and I think with the younger generation, the kind of clients are so much more than the paycheck. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, so maybe it doesn't need to be 100K, maybe it'd be 80K and I can work with social justice clients and, you know, give back clients and, 
sink my teeth into projects that are going to make a difference in the world versus, you know, work for, I don't want to say the industry, you know, another industry that means less to me for more money. No, I think um, it's, I think it's very important. In fact, I just spoke at three different schools over the last month. And this is a pretty good litmus test when I decided to throw my questions out mm -hmm. to the soon to graduate seniors. And I said, where do you want to work? Yeah. And they and the first response was, well, I just want to do a lot of different things. Yeah. I said, how about where do you want to work? Pick a location, a city, or is there a particular agency that you really admire and or the people at the agency that has done amazing work? And the surprising thing was they they didn't really give me a lot of answers. It's not, I said, pick two things, pick two things that you're really good at, yep. pick three things, because someone's gonna ask you, hey, uh, aren't you graduating next year? What do you want to do? Yeah. Oh, I don't know is, is not an answer, <laughs> but you could say, I want to work for an agency doing uh, for good work, or I want to work for an agency right. that has a major entertainment or a clothing line or a Nike. Pick something that you can kind of gravitate towards. You can always change it, change your, yeah. change your, your focus once you're out. Yeah. I, I say the same things. I try and work with as many college kids as I can. And you know, advice you've got from me, you know, Mr. Guberman, which I hate being called, I feel like my dad, is, yep. you know, uh, you know, intern at small agency, intern at a big agency, intern corporate, intern, you know, at a billion different places. You don't know where you're going to love and where your talent's really going to shine and where you're really going to kind of rise to the top. So, yeah, I think that's solid advice. So, listen, we're coming on time. I got a couple rapid fire questions for you. Ready? Sure. Yep. I didn't warn you about this. So... <laughs> A, a, a recent book or podcast that you're really into? The podcast, you know, occasionally I will listen to uh, uh, Debbie Millman's Design Matters, but then Always. I'll also I'll also jump into what they're doing over at uh, at Cooper or through the uh, Luke Ballin or through the art world. Or oh no, I do listen to a lot of the Poster House um, conversations. Awesome. Okay. Um, do you have a latest uh, hobby or obsession that you're into? I have, uh, I do photography. I go into abandoned buildings. I am a maker, fabricator of uh, unusual things, including uh, found object lighting. And now I'm going to be illuminating wasp nests. Wow. So there's there's a couple things. And uh, my wife, Kyle, who's also in the design world, uh, we just got a studio in Bridgeport to kind of do what I call separate collaboration. So she'll do her work. I'll do my work. Sure. Building, and that's why when you see in back of me, um, with some of my books, <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to get you back on to talk about your passion project because I know that that's something, or projects, I should say, because I know that's something that's near and dear to your heart that you spent a ton of years on. Sure. Wrapping up, final best piece of advice that you'd have for an agency owner: um, have the conversations of people that you think are interesting, and make sure that you also communicate where everybody stands. Many people, not just agency owners, are just leaving things too open. So even if they're not going to hire saying, hey, our client didn't sign up yet, or we didn't engage, uh, we'll keep you in mind. There has to be better communication across the board. And it's not specific to just one agency or brand. I've just noticed it happen because people say, what do I do? Well, reach out again, make a phone call. And, you know, there are people that are very, very good at that, but you have to, you know, as you know, you have to follow up. If you don't follow up, then people think, hey, you're not legit. Yeah. So 
I think I think the good agencies will will continue to do that. And I will say this honestly, of the people that you've recently introduced me to that you know, everyone mm -hmm. follows up, even if it's something like, "Hey, what's going on?" All you have to do is send out a little, "Hey, what's going on?" Takes two <laughs> Can minutes. Give me a status. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time, Carl. Thank you very sure. much. Um, Carl Heine from Creative Placement. I will put your website in the description. Uh, Super. Appreciate your time. Grateful for you. And uh, we'll have to do a follow-up on passion projects. Okay. See ya. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too. So please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.